The police knocked on the door. Naomi went to jail and my life savings were gone. She was running a Ponzi scheme. Early days, Melissa Caddick. And what I realized later on was that when you're suffering from grief and loss, you're very vulnerable to anything and anybody that might take away your pain. And she had the right word, she was a sociopath and she preyed on people like me. So my money was gone and she went to jail for four years. Uh, so there I was, my family's broken and gone, my health is gone and now I'm broke, I have no money and I'm in my 60s and I've got to start again. So it has been quite a journey as you might imagine. Before we continue with Patricia's story, I just want to quickly mention what the Global Stories That Stir movement is all about. Our mission is to facilitate a revolution of human connection through storytelling. And you're helping us with that right now by listening to this podcast. If you love this podcast as much as I love you, then I'd really appreciate it if you'd jump onto your favourite podcast app and give us a rating and review. And by the way, five stars are much appreciated. Thanks so much. And now to stir things up. I also want to give a special warning, trigger warning for this story because it does involve suicide. So just letting you know. All right. So the lovely Patricia Brown is a grief coach working with parents and families who have suffered significant loss. She's the author of a book called Recovery, Learning to Love and live after loss. So please welcome to the stage, Patricia Brown. First of all, I'm going to start by suggesting that you probably all know what that is, right? It's a juice extractor. Well, this little device has played a big part in my life, I have to tell you, because one way or another, I've been handed buckets full of lemons <laughs> and I've had to learn how to make lemonade. So it started really a long time ago with the birth of my second child, Chrissy. Chrissy is profoundly disabled. We didn't know for six months where there were indications, but Chrissy has had a difficult, difficult life. She's never walked or talked, and I don't know if she knows I'm her mother. However, put that one to one side, Things got worse, actually. It does get better as the evening goes on, I promise you. I really promise you. The next thing that happens in my life, many years later after Chrissy's birth, I get a phone call at six o'clock one night. And it's news that I don't want to hear and I will never forget the details of the conversation. My son had been found on a lonely hill outside of Adelaide and he had taken his own life. So I'm not going to speak any more about his death. Obviously, I could talk a lot and I'd probably cry a lot, so we're not going there. So I want you all to take a big, deep breath because things get better from this point on, I promise you. So what I am going to talk about tonight is the consequences of the consequences because they were quite profound and, in fact, quite heartening, you will find. I think uh, the last story tells us that we don't know what's coming in life and it's a matter of how we respond to it. So the consequences of Justin's death were that, I guess four years later, my marriage of 32 years ended. We were both trying to cope with the shroud of 
sadness in the house and it was very difficult. Um, my daughter, my, I have a, a younger, youngest child, uh, Haley, moved to England and actually lived over there for 20 years and I think she needed to get away from the sadness that was in the house. Um, then <laughs> my health suffered. Anybody who's familiar with Louise Hayes, I had one hip replacement, two hip replacements, three hip replacements. And the hips are the foundations of your life, and my, of your body, I'm sorry, and the foundations of my life had shattered. So there I was, unable to do all the things that I love, the sporting things that I love to do. So it was yet another body blow. And then the third thing I'm going to mention is the fact that for eight years, I just carried on. I went once for help and it, I came away twice as depressed as when I walked in the door. So I decided that I had to do this on my own way, which my own way was just almost pretending that it never happened. And I continued on and I realised later I was really much like a robot. So those were the consequences. So then I had a very fortunate thing that happened to me. A friend suggested that I go to a personal development event. And during that event, there were a thousand people there, I had to share with a stranger what made me happy. And I thought, I know all about this. I very confidently went up to her and I said, would you like me to go first? And she says, yes. And I said, democracy and freedom of speech make me happy. I said, what, what about you? <laughs> I think her jaw was on the floor. And she said to me, the smile on my baby's face. And I thought, oh my God, that was the lightning bolt. That was the moment that I knew. I literally had been like a robot for eight years. And interestingly, I have no memory of those eight years. I don't know what was going on. I had a really responsible job. But anyway, that's eight years of my life gone, just vanished as a, in a robotic way. So at that point I knew I actually had to do something. I had a need to understand what had happened to me. And I had two choices. I could either wait for rescue and hope that somebody would throw me a lifeline, or I could pick myself up and find my own way through. And that's, ending, that's actually what I ended up doing. So I studied, this is not all in one chunk, but over several years I studied practical philosophy. I studied personal development. That was a big eye-opener for me. I started, studied behavioural therapies and I studied grief. And I eventually became a life coach specialising in grief and loss. And I wrote a book. I became an author as well. And I called it Recovery because everyone said you'll never recover from that. Well, you know. <laughs> I decided I would. So from that point on, things began to change. The bit now that actually affects my life more than any of the rest, believe it or not, some very good school friends of mine that I had known my whole life introduced me to a financial advisor in Double Bay. And her name was Naomi. She was a little petite thing, beautifully dressed, black Mercedes. And over the next year, I received lots of gifts from her and in return, I gave her all of my life savings. 
And the day came. The police knocked on the door, Naomi went to jail, and my life savings were gone. She was running a Ponzi scheme. Early days, Melissa Caddick. And what I realised later on was that when you're suffering from grief and loss, you're very vulnerable to anything and anybody that might take away your pain. And she had the right word. She was a sociopath and she preyed on people like me. So my money was gone and she went to jail for four years. Uh, so there I was. I've, I've, my family's broken and gone, my health is gone, and now I'm broke, I have no money and I'm in my 60s and I've got to start again. So it has been quite a journey, as you might imagine. Here's the good bit. We're coming to the consequences of the consequences. So I learned a lot from grief. And I learned that I could choose to recognise that life was happening for me and not to me. There's a vast difference. One allowed me to take off the victim mantle and focus instead on the future, and that for me was the only way forward. I also learned, as we've also just learned from Mike, there are no guarantees in life. We have no idea what's coming tomorrow. And of course, with COVID, we've had diagnoses and floods. We've had everything thrown at us. So it, it allowed me to appreciate the day that I have on this earth. The third thing I learned was that I monitor and filter everything that comes into my life now. I consider them either to be fountains or drains. The fountains nurture me and make me feel better. The drains take away my energy and make me feel worse. So I only allow the fountains. Occasionally it requires a friend audit. A bit harsh, but you know, sometimes that's what you need to do. I've learned about my feelings and looking after myself, bottom line. So I've learned also you can turn adversity, adversary, adversity to advantage. And I've, I've tried to keep that in mind and behind everything that I do. And I've also learned to forge my own path without satisfying the expectations of others. I think I've lived a lot of my life, um, unconsciously a lot of the time, but always conscious of others that I need to please satisfy what are their views. And it's all perception, it's all nonsense. But what it has done has empowered me to become my own person and empowered me to be more authentic and be truly who I am. So that's been a huge gift for me. So grief, in fact, nothing prepares you for grief. Uh, absolutely nothing. And it's a very lonely journey. And nobody can do it for you. I learned that the hard way. Because I think with the likes of Naomi, I was looking for somebody else to help me through the journey. It's a journey you travel on your own. It forced me to find new eyes and new ways of seeing and new ways of being. And eventually I peeled back the layers of what was happening to me and around me and I started to see the gifts of grief. Now they didn't come easy and they didn't come wrapped in pretty ribbons and with bows, you know, they had a value that really uh, was beyond measure. And the ability to extract the positives from the negatives
has a name. PTG, I don't know if you've heard of that. It's called post-traumatic growth. So what it has taught me over time, I now appreciate life and the amazing opportunities to experience joy, whether that be a sunrise, a beautiful flower, or the smile on a baby's face. It's allowed me to embrace Justin's legacy and do the work that I do. And because of that experience, I can help people avoid some of the pitfalls that I went into and some of the mistakes I made and reduce their suffering. And it's given me a sense of peace that my life's journey has got a profound, has been profoundly enriched so that I can genuinely make a difference. The one thing that I've had to battle with right throughout this and still to this day is guilt. I think guilt comes with loss of any kind, really. There's always something, what if I did this or that? There's always guilt that hangs in there. And I found a way to resolve that. And I work at it every day. And it's a matter of self-love and self-kindness, as we've mentioned before, self-compassion and forgiveness. Forgiveness is such a big thing. And it's taken me a lifetime to find the forgiveness I needed to find. And I make a point of making my days good. So I wake up in the morning and I have the thought before I even get out of bed, surprise and delight me. So I love that phrase because it means that I go out into the world looking for things to bring me joy, looking for things that I can partake in and, and have wonder and enjoyment with. And I swim at Bronte. Uh, I love that. That's part of my, my life all year round as some of us know. Um, <laughs> and I, I see the sea is like my balm and nature is my salvation. And I also uh, have a bucket list that I'm working through and I take Justin with me on my adventures. So we've been to the Maasai Mara in Kenya and seen the Great Migration. Absolutely amazing, the dance of life and death in nature. It was just fabulous. I've paraglided in the Himalayas with eagles for company. So I'm grabbing life by the horns, I can tell you. And I have been to the Amazon in, um, in Peru and spent a couple of weeks with a shaman. I've taken ayahuasca three times. Why not? I don't, I don't say no to anything. Well, not quite. Um, but that was about the force of life. You know, it was an extraordinary journey, just the force of life is all I can say. It was, there's a lot I could say about ayahuasca. Um, so Justin's been with me on all of those journeys. And in closing, I just want to say, um, I guess the biggest journey for me has been the journey inward. And that's where I have learned the most from grief. It's where I have learned to actually trust myself, believe in myself, and be kind to myself. And I have to say, just in closing, I'm take a glass and say, all that lemonade, it goes really well with a good gin. <laughs> <laughs>